We're going to get started here. <clears throat> All right, so the course tonight uh, is, to, is meant to provide a little bit of a bridge between the initial formation process and the final two courses, uh, formation courses uh, in the underway process. So the underway process is this, this last discernment period. Uh, so this talk is a bit of a bridge, if you will. Uh, here, I have a bunch of a bunch of handouts. It's a it's a large packet, uh, and we'll talk about these things. So you don't feel like you need to flip through all the sheets right now. We'll get to them as we go. Uh, but this talk is meant to to do some bridging. So there's a little bit of a here's where we've been, here's where we're going kind of thing. So you've all been involved <coughs> over the last number of years in the formation process uh, within the community. So you've been going to courses, you've been part of a men's and women's group, you've been attending gatherings and formation nights, you've been taking uh, daily personal prayer and growing in the spiritual life. All of these are part of the formation process. And you'll note that we call it a formation process, and there's a reason for that. As you've experienced, uh, this process isn't just a information session, right? You're not in a class, and so you're not just receiving information uh, like you do in a classroom setting, but it's a process. So we say formation process because uh, when we say formation, we mean to make or shape or mold uh, into a certain kind of shape. And then we say process because th it's that making and shaping and molding that takes place uh, over time. So formation process. It's meant to move us from one place to another place over a period of time. And also, uh, hopefully as you've experienced, the focus of the formation process is support in becoming a Christian. That's what uh, the whole of the formation process as its essence is about. And so as we know that, uh, of course, we become a Christian when we're baptized, right? We know that. So uh, our little Clara, who's not in the room anymore, she walked out. Uh, she is a Christian, right? She was baptized a few weeks ago. And so she's a Christian. Uh, but just as she is little and certainly not fully functioning or fully mature or fully capable uh, as a human, so too she is baptized, but she's not a fully functioning or fully mature or fully capable Christian either. This is where we have, uh, we enter personal adult conversion, right? So we've all had the experience to, in one, one way, shape, or form of our own personal conversion to Jesus Christ. Where we hear the gospel message, we're recognizing that we're sinners, and that we can't fix ourselves, that we need a Savior, and meeting that Savior and putting our trust in Him, right? This is initial adult conversion. But we also know that the conversion process isn't just simply the end of it, right? We don't just experience this conversion and then bammo, we know how to live as the Christian life, right? But we need instruction in the basics of Christian belief and morals, 
We need help and understanding uh, about how to live out those morals in uh, the daily way in a world in which uh, is, is actively working against uh, those very morals and beliefs. We need help in making changes in our lives to actually live the Christian life. Uh, maybe that wasn't your experience, but that was certainly my experience. As I came into a conversion, I needed help uh, to put on a Christian way of life, to move aside things in my life that were not consistent with Christianity and put on those things that are. And we know that making changes in our life to live out the Christian way of life, first and foremost, that happens through the transformation that the Lord does in our hearts. But it also happens through the relationships that we have with other brothers and sisters. So part of this process is learning what it means to be part of the body of Christ, right? And we hear that. I, I think I, that was the one that I brought in some props. I talked about being a part of the body of Christ. Like we're not, there's no accessories when it comes to the body of Christ. We are part of the body. So this is the process that we, we go through, right? We learn how to experience the Holy Spirit in a way that can free us to live as a Christian, <clears throat> including uh, freedom from evil spirits, and freedom in that we receive in Christ. And also, as we have all experienced, the formation process doesn't take place in a vacuum, right? Rather, it takes place within the context of community. And in most of our cases here, uh, within the context of the Heart of the Redeemer Covenant community, and there's a reason for that, there's a reason why those that are in the formation process are brought into community events like our gatherings and retreats and other events that we have. It's meant to help foster the formation process. So again, the purpose of the formation process is growth and Christian maturity. And as we know and have experienced there's many people that have engaged the formation process for a season, hopefully have experienced some growth, and then they move on to wherever the Lord may be calling them. And in the community, we welcome this, right? We want this for all peoples, that they would experience formation in Christian living so that they could be effective uh, and that it would be powerful in their lives. Right? We want this for everyone. We want everyone to experience the Lord working in their lives uh, and moving them to Christian maturity. And we also want everyone to go wherever the Lord is calling them to go. But you all have chosen in a particular way to enter into uh, a continuation of this formation process into the underway commitment. So you're looking specifically at becoming full members of the Heart of the Redeemer Covenant community by making a public commitment to our covenant. So now we shift to the underway commitment. The goal of the underway commitment, again, is to discern whether the community is the right place for you to live out the Lord's call to be a disciple. This commitment looks seriously, this process looks seriously into the life and the mission of the community so that you can understand it more clearly. It's a commitment 
to enter into the life of the community and its patterns and its way of life. And it's a temporary commitment so that it may be, uh, as you are moving through the process, it can be ended, right? Either by you, if you decide that the Lord isn't continuing to call me to this, or by uh, those that are caring for you and the leadership in the community to say, I don't know that this is where the Lord is calling you based on a set of things, based on your commitment, your attendance, how well you're fitting in with the group. Maybe the Lord is calling you somewhere else, right? So we know this. This is a process. So we've talked about these before, but uh, and there were some great questions that were asked at the last session about discernment. So here's some helpful actions. I'll just reiterate a couple of these things. Helpful actions for you in discerning whether you're called to be a part of this community or not. <clears throat> a helpful action could be to understand, for you to understand the community. So understanding its way of life, its mission, what the covenant means, how the community is structured and organized. Also to live for a time the actual life and mission of the community as fully as you can. So meeting your commitments, right? Being present, we talked about that. Entering fully into the relationships with the people uh, in your life, in your group. Serving in the community. Tithing to the community. Also, uh, a helpful action can be, to again, to look at how the Lord has worked in your history. So how, how is it that you made a decision to live life as a Christian? Where did you do that? How have you grown and matured as a Christian? Where have you done that? Where can I live out my discipleship most fully for the Lord? Right? So asking ourselves these questions can help provide some insight uh, into the discernment process. And one of the blessings of going through this discernment process, uh, and one of the realities of going through this discernment process, is we actually need to look at our life uh, and, and look at what we're currently committed to and see if putting on this way of life actually works in that life, right? So again, we've, we've talked about this before, but the way of life that we live, that's why we describe it as a way of life. Being a member of the community isn't something that you do along with a bunch of other things that you do. The way of life of a community is something that you put onto your life, and it's the context through which all other things in your life move and flow. Right? So my commitment and my covenant to this community is the means and the way through which I engage the Lord. It's the way in which uh, I live my family life, my married life with my spouse, uh, the way that I raise my children. This is the context for my life. Uh, and all the other things that I do fit into that or they don't fit into that. So it's not something that uh, is, is just another thing that we do, but it's a way of, that's why we describe it as a way of life. It's a framework for the whole of our lives. So these are, these are important uh, actions to remember uh, in this discernment process. Okay, so what happens, what happens now? We are moving into this Patterns of Life and Community course. 
So if you open your little packet on the second page, there's this handy table. Who likes tables in here? Come on. I love tables. Okay, I love shading, like things that need to be important. You got to shade the top line and, you know, and you can have different size. You know, we got, we got different size pieces in the table. And if, I love that, right? I love a good table. So this is uh, for the process that you've entered into. This is where you're at, right? So we begin uh, the fall of this year. Uh, we've gone through the call and mission course. That's what we just ended in December. And we're moving into the patterns of life and communities. So that's, this is the first talk to that course. Uh, you can look on this, this chart and it works through uh, each of the kind of half year segments between the fall of 2017 through the spring of 2020. Uh, it gives you the, what you're doing in terms of a commitment, starting away with the underway commitment, and then there's a, a renewal, just like you have been doing. There's a renewal of that commitment each of the, the next two years. The course that you're in, uh, the task that you should be about, uh, the, the role of the pastoral worker. Uh, so who knows that you have a pastoral worker? Raise your hand. Great, great. That's awesome. Everyone. Who, who has... Uh, since you began the underway process, who has met with your pastoral worker for a one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, most people. All right. Twice? Who's met twice with their pastoral worker? Few. Great. We're working on it. We're working on it. All right. Who has had some particular conversations since you started the underway process with your pastoral worker? Few. Great. That's great. Keep having those conversations. If you haven't had those conversations, please do so. You can go to the meeting, your one-on-one -on -one meeting with this chart, and you can say, this is where I am, right here. This is where I am. And I want to talk to you about where I am and where I'm going and what the Lord is saying. All right, so here's the chart. On the back side of the chart is uh, some helpful evaluators. All right, so again, just to be clear, just to say... When we talk about the discernment process and the, the process being a two-way process, so you're discerning and those that are caring for you are also discerning, uh, this is part of what, what the evaluation looks like. So you can see the personal evaluation over here and look at some of these items. And then you look over on the, on the, the right-hand side, pastoral leader assessment criteria. Okay? So this is the things that the people that are caring for you are looking at. So attendance, uh, how you're implementing the community practices, how you're serving, how you're relating with people in your groups, uh, how you're relating with your leader, how well you understand the community's life and call and mission, okay? So this is, we, we just wanna be clear with, here's what the discernment process looks like, okay? It's not any more complicated than this. Uh, and the Lord works in this. Right? When we engage him and we ask him about this, uh, he works in these types of questions when we do these sorts of evaluations. Okay, so we're uh, working through the, the Patterns of Life course. Um, <clears throat> there are uh, some folks that maybe haven't finished uh, some of the initiations courses. I know for some people that have come in uh, more recently or those that have, I think there's a set of folks that have gotten married 
after we finish the Foundations 2 for Married Couples material. Uh, so we'll be hopefully looking to have that course. Uh, so if you missed it or you missed a portion of it, uh, that you can get that course material uh, in the next year. Um, if you look at the, the way that this process, back to the chart again, we'll turn back to that because it's so good, so good. Uh, you'll notice that when we look at the fall and the spring of 2018 and 19, <clears throat> you're still in the underway process, uh, but we're, there's no course going on specific to the underway process. All right, so we're going to finish this Patterns of Life and Community course by June, I believe. Uh, and then there's a year of no coursework. Uh, and the point of that is either to make up courses that you haven't yet completed uh, and also to work on implementing all of the stuff that we're going to talk about in this Patterns course. So the Patterns course is talking about, you guessed it, the Patterns of the life of the community. Okay, so we're gonna go through kind of overall patterns. We're gonna talk about prayer. We're gonna talk about opening the Lord's Day. We're gonna talk about being in a men's and women's group. We're gonna talk about um, some other great things. Uh, but that's, that's the patterns course. And then the goal for next year, for those that choose to continue in the underway process, is to implement that stuff in your life. Okay? Um, obviously for those that are married in the group <clears throat> this process is mutual between you and your spouse right? so we don't, we don't do the uh, one couple comes in and one, one couple's not on board it doesn't work that way so you need to be talking about this and communicating uh, if you're still settling into your career or your state in life or, or your kind of physical location long term, obviously you need to make some decisions regarding what it would mean for you to make a covenant commitment with some of these things that are maybe, for some of us, maybe more in flux, uh, where you're not settled location-wise or state in life or career. Uh, you need to think about that stuff and think about how this may impact uh, whether you can or actually can't make a commitment. Uh, at the end of this year, so in coming up in April or May, again, just to kind of lay out what, what's going to be going on, I've jumped around here a lot, but uh, we'll have a review meeting uh, with, you'll have a review meeting with your pastoral worker, and there'll be a more of a specific focus on uh, the underway process. So they know that you're going through the process, you know that you're going through the process, and you'll talk about that. Uh, and then again, there'll be another decision point. Our, Am I going to continue in the process next year? Okay. So that's the handout of the chart and the criteria. All right, so we're going to, the, the second part of this talk is getting into all of these other documents that are in this little packet here. And this is really, when you when you look at what is the community? Most of what we could tell you is going to be found in one of three documents, right? So we have <clears throat> included in here, we have our mission statement. We have the covenant. So this is the covenant that uh, is made by covenant members. 
And then the last packet of information is a document called the Ideals, Practices, and Requirements of the Community. Uh, so we're just going to go through each of those individually here briefly, just to give you some context to what they are and what they contain and how they work together. So uh, the, the point of talking about all three of these at the same time is they, they're really meant to be, uh, when viewed together, kind of a picture of what the community is. So we'll start with the mission statement. This document really fleshes out uh, what the community is and what the purpose of the community is. Right, so we start right out immediately with, we're a Catholic covenant community. <clears throat> we're currently in the process of uh, being granted, so it says here we've, we're established, we're working on it. We submitted this stuff a year ago, takes them a long time to get through it apparently. Uh, we're working on becoming a private association of the Christian faithful. So that will be our uh, official canonical designation as a, a community, which is kind of a cool thing uh, that we'll have that uh, whenever they decide that we can have that. Uh, we talk about, again, what the community is. Uh, we have to talk about becoming what we are in our baptismal identity. When we're baptized... We are identified with Christ and we enter into his life. We're called to be conformed to him. And in a particular way, we do this through an environment of committed personal relationships. You'll see that term over and over again in these documents. Uh, we have an environment of committed personal relationships. So we enter more fully into the meaning of our, bapti our baptismal identity by working together to foster an environment of committed personal relationships based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the mission statement goes through the three calls that are particular to our community. Uh, this would be the call and mission course, so we just went over these. <clears throat> Actively pursue holiness of life, to love and serve one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and to work together for the spreading of the gospel and the building up of Christian life. Right, so this is what the community is <clears throat> and what the purpose of the community is in our mission statement. Uh, and then the, the last, you'll, that last paragraph there is, um, is great. <clears throat> the commitments that we make to one another are the concrete expressions of our desire to give our lives to him in love and service. Knowing of our sinfulness and frailty and of God's mercy and faithfulness, we pledge to support our support to one another in striving after holiness, unity, and peace with one another and the advancement of the gospel and renewal of Christian life in our day. To him and to his church, we offer and pledge our life and our resources. Amen. That's a great mission statement. So there's our mission statement. Uh, the next document in that group is the covenant statement. And this document clearly outlines what we're committing ourselves to when we talk about the covenant commitment. So while all Christian faithful are called to strive after lives of covenant love and faithfulness, as members of Heart of the Redeemer, he's called us to express this in a particular way, uh, through our covenant, the covenant established by Christ. 
So we look at, uh, this is maybe the second, uh, where is this? Bottom of the first page. Uh, He's called us as members of Heart of the Redeemer Covenant community together and united us so that we might serve and glorify him as a particular body, so that we might love one another as brothers and sisters, encouraging one another to love and serve the Lord above all else. Our relationships together rest first of all upon the Lord and what he has done for us. Our relationships as members of the community also rest upon the commitments that we make to one another. As Catholics, we have solemnly committed ourselves to the Lord and to one another to be a people and to love and serve the Lord together. We have committed ourselves to seek after holiness, to be brothers and sisters in Christ, and to advance the gospel and the Christian way of life. We have committed ourselves to the life and mission that the Lord has entrusted to us, to all of those things which make our life altogether possible, and to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. So you'll see, again, the themes that we we just went through in the mission statement. Again, they're they're reflected in this covenant statement. Uh, So again, our relationships with one another rest upon the commitments that we make to one another. Uh, That's a great line. So we enter into these commitments freely, giving our yes to his, to his love to, to live this way of life for the rest of our lives. So I've said this before, uh, covenant members, we say, with all of our lives for the rest of our lives. And then following the covenant statement, um, and this is the statement, so I just brought this in, this is... This is what we read when we had the covenant ceremony in May. Uh, This is the same statement that's in that form. So, May 21st of 2017. Uh, Following that, we also made a whole number of promises. So you can see what those promises are. Uh, Again, just to be clear, promise to attend and participate in gatherings and events of the community. Promise to respect and support the order and patterns of community life and mission. I promise to encourage and build up brothers and sisters in love so that Christ will be the center of our community and family life. I promise to prayerfully and practically support the brothers and sisters, particularly those in my pastoral group. I promise to support the community with my resources and finances in a regular and substantial way. I promise to serve the life and mission of the community with a generous and faithful heart. I promise to maintain peace within relationships, having a readiness to forgive and not holding grudges and to resolve difficulties according to the teachings of the scriptures. I promise to accept those the Lord will add to our number. So these are the promises that we make. And again, this covenant commitment uh, is a freely uh, entered into covenant, right? So we say, I choose to enter into this covenant freely uh, so I give my yes to the Lord in this, right? So this is, this is binding uh, in as much as we are committed to one another, right? Uh, so there's a gravity that goes along with that when we say, uh, I'm committed to you uh, because I have made a covenant to you. So this is the covenant statement. Um, it's great. Okay, the last document that you have is 
the ideals and practices and requirements. And this is a longer document that uh, spells out more about, so what do we do? What do do you actually do as a community? Uh, And as we know, whenever we're talking about doing or accomplishing anything in the Christian life, we, we must always keep this in mind. It's in, this is the bottom paragraph on that first page. It's important to note that our confidence is in the Lord and not in this document. There you go. He will continue to teach and form us in the years ahead. He will give us grace and wisdom needed to both live out and adopt what's written here as he wills. This document has limited value on its own. Its worth lies primarily in the lives of those in the community who embody in their lives what this document says. Uh, It's also important to note that our life together in the community and in the broader church is dependent first, first of all, not upon what we do or have done for the Lord, but what he has done for us. We pray that the Lord may write this document in our life together in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, all of that said, ideals, practices, and requirements, like this is what we do, uh, we always need to keep in mind that uh, that's great and all, uh, but the Lord needs to be at the center of what we do, uh, or we do it in vain. <clears throat> so, the document begins with ideals. So it breaks it up into these three terms, ideals, uh, which is where we're headed. Right. So we talk about Uh, Ideals being an expression of a goal. Ideals express what we're striving after or working towards. We never fully attain ideals, uh, but they're essential to act as a guide for us, right? So our commitment is a commitment to both the ideals and to the body of people that uh, are striving to live out these ideals. And then again, we talk about ideals of a call to holiness, a call to join our lives together, and a call to mission. So these are, and there, there's all the scriptural references to uh, where we uh, get those ideals from. So this is just a helpful tool when you're uh, thinking about why do we do this particular practice, or why is this important? You can go back to the ideal that it would relate to, and you can see what the Lord has to say about that. So that's the ideals. And then it moves into the practices. So this is actually, this is the what we do. Uh, this is the way we get to where we're headed, right? And where are we headed to? Uh, we're headed to the ideals. This is how we're going to get there. So the practices are uh, broken up into a few different categories. First starts with our personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, so we talk about... Uh, daily personal prayer, regular family or household prayer, honoring the Lord's Day, incorporating Christian disciplines, intercessory prayer, expressive praise and worship, openness to the spiritual gifts, and uh, having an approach to our use of media. All right, those all have to do with our relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> and then we, we look at practices that relate to uh, our relationships with bro- our brothers and sisters. So we talk about being uh, actively seeking to love the brothers and sisters that are around us, 
maintaining peace, dealing promptly with relational difficulties, having the scriptural approach to speech, being generous with our time and our resources. Uh, For married couples, uh, mutual love between the spouses and having a regular husband-wife meeting. Uh, As parents, we work together to raise our children, to build up a family culture, to pass on the faith to our children. Uh, For singles, maintaining proper relating with the opposite sex, uh, seeking out to live a life of chastity and contentment, uh, seeking to know the Lord's will regarding our state in life. Right. So these are uh, in regards to our relationships with brothers and sisters. And then finally, with relationships to the community, uh, following and applying the church and community teachings in our life, uh, supporting and encouraging and praying for those in our small groups, or seeking input from small group members and pastor leader, uh, supporting the mission of the community through intercession and service and involvement, uh, and actively tithing on our income and uh, giving 50% of that tithe to the community. So these are our practices uh, broken up into these three areas. So this is, again, how we, what we do and how we get to the ideals uh, that we espouse. And then <clears throat> lastly in this document is uh, the requirements. These are the basics. Uh, uh, express the basic essentials of our way of life. Uh, they help express what is required uh, in the calling that our Lord has given to us in this particular community. The requirements are of assistance and understanding when members are living up to what they've committed themselves to do when they make a public commitment. Uh, They express the requisites for maintaining the integrity of our call and way in life. Uh, So these are the the basics, right? The absolute basics. Just like the church has the basics of uh, going to church every Sunday and uh, fasting and abstaining from food on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, Right? These are minimum requirements. Uh, and maybe we've been there ourselves. Uh, we certainly know people that live the minimum requirements. Okay, uh, That's not a recipe for growth in the Christian life uh, and really seeking after the Lord when you're just doing the minimum. Uh, but it's important to have a minimum, right? I think we would all agree with that. <clears throat> So again, these these minimums, these requirements allow us to be accountable to one another and to the Lord for the commitments that we've made. Uh, And they can can tell us uh, when we're living up to or not living up to our basic commitments. So again, basic initiation, uh, being converted to the Lord, uh, having sacramental initiations, uh, being open to the presence, power, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, being orthodox, in our Catholic faith and morals, uh, and regular reception of the sacraments. Uh, In the context of the community, uh, living Christian personal relationships, right? So the Christian personal relationships course and all that goes along with that, uh, that we respect and abide by the patterns and the government of the community, that we handle disagreements in accordance with the community structure, uh, that we're supporting financially the community, uh, and again, giving giving half of our tithe to the community, 
uh, that were attending gatherings and events, that were attending small group meetings, uh, and that were attending the community teachings. Uh, and then on a very personal level, uh, also the requirement that we actually have the psychological freedom and capacity to live out the meaning of what it means to be publicly committed. Right? That, again, we talk about this being uh, a free choice on our end. We actually have to be capable of being able to do that. So these are the <clears throat> requirements. Uh, at the end of that document, read a couple lines from this. At the heart of the community's life with its ideals, with its practices, and with its requirements is God's call to us to join our lives together so that we can be a people in whom he dwells and through whom he can further his mission. Our commitment then is not only for certain ideals and practices and requirements, but a commitment to the Lord himself. May our commitment to these ideals, practices, and requirements and our commitment to this body of people be an expression of our commitment to him. Right? So that's how we uh, view our life as covenant members, is that our commitment to these uh, ideals and to the practices that we incorporate into our life uh, is meant to be an expression of our love for the Lord. Right? So the added benefit of it's actually beneficial to us uh, is, is secondary. Right? We're doing it because we love the Lord. Uh, and in his generosity and his love for us, uh, he actually has those be beneficial to us too. So that's the, the extent of <clears throat> these documents. I wanted to get them to you. I sent them in an email uh, because I, I think it's important as you're uh, beginning this Patterns of Life and Community course uh, that you have an understanding. We talk about the need to understand for you to understand what the community is. This is one great way to help you do that, is to have these documents uh, to read them, because they're, quite frankly, they're inspiring. If you, if you read uh, really how the Lord has brought about this movement and this way of life, uh, it's, it's inspiring, it's remarkable uh, that in the day and age in which we live, uh, this is one of the ways that the Lord has decided that he was going to uh, foster and bring about a people for his own, uh, is to have us live a set of practices, to be in relationship with a set of people, uh, and to give our full yes to him. Uh, so, that's all I had for this. I wanted to see if there were any particular questions, if you had an opportunity to read through any of these documents, anything that we've talked about today. Um, you're curious about or wanted to know more about. Uh, like I said, we're going to move into now uh, the rest of these patterns courses are going to go through some particular practices. Uh, and we're going to talk about them in detail to give you a better sense of, again, what do we do as a community? So with that, any, any questions, any comments about your experience to this point? These came from these came from Minnesota. Yes, they pretty much were their uh, their documents, and we have taken them as our own. Yes, we did find we did some find and replace. That was basically what we did. Yes. 
Uh, they developed them. So that this was their process of, I think, as the movement began and as the Lord uh, began to, to form this people, I think there was a realization that, uh, man, we need to have a mission statement. Uh, we actually have to have a covenant statement. Uh, and it's really important that we have an ideals, practices, and requirements document. Uh, so one of the blessings that we have is that we can rely upon uh, their wisdom and the experience of uh, not just CCR, but other covenant communities that have uh, been well-established. And that's, a, that's such a gift to us uh, that we can learn from them. Uh, we can learn things from them that uh, maybe were really hard and try to avoid those um, and use the wisdom that they've developed over many, many years of uh, living a covenant life to be able to put into uh, these documents. So, anyone else? Are these the core, like the three core documents, or are there others that we'll learn about? I would say these are the core documents in terms of the vision for what this life is. Um, the last course in the underway process is called Living in Community. And that, there's going to be a couple different talks that get into... Uh, the the bylaws and the the documents that make up more technically what we are as a an organization in the eyes of the church. Um, but these, I would say, in terms of vision, this is it. These are these are the vision documents for who we are and what we're about and what the Lord has called us to be. Um, and those things are more the structural elements of how we're made up and you know what the church says about what we are and what the church says about we talked about being a private association what that means uh, and what that means for us and the structure that we have so but again these are the these are the vision documents that lay out who we are and what we're about covenant members any yeah, like dr bauer yeah like um, when you look at the actual covenant that you made, um, the meat of this is like the second half of the first paragraph. Yeah. Um, there's actually a hierarchy that's sort of expressed there in terms of our relationship with one another. The first is, you know, does we desire to grow in our knowledge and love of Him through the lives of daily prayer? So, connectedness to the Lord, study of his word, what has he said, regular participation in the sacraments, so receiving his grace through the Holy Spirit. And then faithfulness to our vocations comes before the pattern of life within the community. So, most of us, I think, here are married. So, God, marriage, community, and then everyone else that God sends us beyond that. That was a great comfort to me mm -hmm. when I reread this a few months after we had made the... <laughs> <laughs> you were nervous when you got in. Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah right. no, and it, 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 it's, uh, it's encouraging that way. Yeah. The Lord first before everything. Yeah. The Lord's placed me in marriage for better or worse. All the good and the hard that comes from that. And because I've made a commitment to community, I'm reminded that I have to be really, really 
then go on to do the things that it talks about, right? You know, yeah. Uh, hospitality to the people who send us to you. Um, you. Take care of one another in the community. If my marriage is broken and I don't take care of it, it's going to be hard for me to offer hospitality to other people. Yeah. At the same time, because I'm in community and if my marriage is suffering and my relationship with my kids is difficult, you and other men have known this. It's I can find encouragement to get back into my vocation and to put my boots on and work through it. Yeah. And to never forget that I have to have the Lord in front of me all the time. Amen. I think that's a really good point because I think sometimes it can feel, you know, where you are, um, like, it can be so all-encompassing and overwhelming at times. And so it can be hard to that energy and drive all the time and I think um, but the knowledge that yes like my relationship with God is first and my vocation to my family is next sometimes it feels like community is first and the rest is next for me um, so it's good for me to remember that everyone else wants my life to be in proper order nobody's expecting community and the, the beauty is uh, that our life is expressed in the commitments that we make, whether commitment to marriage, commitment to the community, commitment to the Lord, uh, and they, they bless one another, they bless each other. Um, so all of that in mind, Jen, oh. fight it out, fight it out. That's great. Go um, for it. I just wondering when you make a covenant commitment, are there things in place where you're still meeting with like a pastoral leader or like, do you see what I'm saying? Those checks and balances mm-hmm. and making sure that you're still living yep. a life or like if you're struggling in an area, is there, or is it just your small uh, So I would say that with covenant members, the the dynamic changes a little bit in that you're um, you're, you're mostly going to be in a group with your peers. Mm-hmm. Uh, your group may be even led by a peer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dynamic changes a little bit, uh, but there's still an opportunity to uh, an expectation that you're everyone is assigned a pastoral worker, uh, and they're still meeting with your pastoral worker. Um, but it the, the living out of the life. Uh, takes on, it, it shifts a bit to more of a 
um, what would be the word for it? But it, it's it's a you're really working within the con- the, the the pastoral system, uh, probably even more so than when you're in the formation process. Uh, is more broad to the whole of your pastoral group, um, all of the the different events and things that we have in the community. So I, I think more, even more so earlier on in the formation process, the role of the pastoral worker is is different than it is with a covenant member mm-hmm. because you're you're on the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be even a peer, or they may even be you know younger than you if if, if that may be the case. Um, so it's a little different, but it's still there's still uh, the opportunity for accountability, uh, whether that's within the group or whether it's with your pastor worker. Uh, definitely, yeah. Like a different maturity. Yeah, I mean the, the expectation is is a, it's it's a little bit different in terms of um, we should always have the disposition of it's it's not just what serves me, um, but the benefit of going through this formation process is. There's a lot of love and life that's poured out into a person. Um, and I think that expectation uh, is, is shifted a bit when we choose to take this life on as our life, uh, that it's even more so not about what I get out of it, but what I invest and give my life to. Um, I guess I'm just wondering more for like accountability. I mean, like you're looking at these ideals that are obviously everybody's striving. There should be, there should be, yes. Uh, and I would say that's, that's one of the blessings of, uh, you know, so we talk about a formation process with the goal of, of mature Christianity, right? We want to be mature Christians. When we get to the end of this, it's not like we're done with formation, our life is ongoing formation, and it may look a little different because we're, we're covenant members and we've said yes to, to live this way of life, uh, but we better still be striving to grow as a disciple for the rest of our lives. Uh, and part of that then added to is, well, now I've agreed to take on these practices. So, yeah, I better be held accountable to living them well, uh, and I better actually seek accountability on myself, so that I live them well. So it's it's even an added, uh, an added weight, if you will, uh, that we're taking on as a disciple. So we have not arrived. I think the covenant members in the room can agree to that. There's no arrival at mature discipleship once we make our covenant commitment. Yeah, right. I've arrived. Look at me. Yeah. Well, that's different. We'll talk about that in a later course. That's right. That's right. Any other questions? Any other comments? Great. All right. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Let's go praise the Lord, huh? Thank <laughs> you.